fire when the sad verse shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrection share. When the chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the sky and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Let us labor for the Master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all this wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Number 16. Then we'll go to our Father in prayer. First and last verses, number 610. Jesus, my heavenly King, loves me, I know. Praises to Him I sing, onward I go. Closely to Him I cling, blessings still flow. I love my Savior too. I love my Savior. He loves me too. I seek His favor in everything. I do walking with him each day, love light the shine, doing his will always, never repine. Kneeling to him, I pray, thy will, not mine. I love my Savior too. I love my Savior. Me too. I seek his favor in everything I do. Happy to serve my friend, lean on his arm. Rapture will never end, nothing alarm. 
voices will sweetly blend under his charm. I love my Savior too. I love my Savior. He loves me too. I seek his favor in everything I do. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as we approach your throne this evening, we, we ask for forgiveness and we praise you for your, your grace and mercy. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son and, and our Savior that has made that possible. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit and the gift of your Word and truth to guide us. Father, we thank you for this church family that meets here. Uh, as Wes mentioned earlier, there's many people that are sick and hurting with upcoming tests, and we pray that you be with all of those that have been mentioned and those that are listed in the bulletin. Father, we pray for each person that's here tonight, that you would, would bless them, that you would bless this church family. Father, we thank you for Tyler and the time that he has spent with us. We thank you for the kind of young man he is. We pray that you continue to guide his life, be with him tonight as he speaks with us, and, and continue to use him for your service. Father, we pray that you do that with all of us, that you use us for your service, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. you wish to, go ahead and mark in your song books, number 947. That'll be the song at the end of the lesson. Number 947. When you get that tended to, turn back to number 458. We'll sing the first and last verse, number 458. Sweet is the song I'm singing today. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. Trouble and sorrow have vanished away. I have been redeemed, I'm redeemed by love divine. is mine all to him I now resign I have been redeemed precious indeed in my Savior to me I'm redeemed shall be I have been redeemed 
Glory, glory, Christ is mine, Christ is mine. All to Him I now resign. I have been Good evening. I'm glad to be able to be here and speak with y'all tonight. Um, like Wes said, my family's here, uh, my parents and my sister and my grandparents. So if you get a chance tonight, meet them. Um, and two, I'm just thankful that I've been here this summer. I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's been really good. i got a couple of weeks left, so um, I'm excited for the rest of it. I want to make the most of it, so thank you for that. But tonight what I want to do is talk about the gospel. And I want just kind of a whole overview of the Bible almost. And in looking at that, I just kind of want to encourage us and show us how much God wants us and how much God loves us. And Wes touched on some of this earlier this morning, but that's really what I want to do with this lesson. And so, we're going to start in the beginning with creation, where God started. You know, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so, tell me, illustrate this. I got some of the kids. I have several pictures of just different things that God's created. And so I got some of the kids just to give me a one-word description of, you know, what they see in these pictures. So I'm to look at this. This first one, I think it was, yeah, it was Seth's mother. And he said, describe this picture as wonderful. A picture of our galaxy with all the stars around the huge universe. He described it as wonderful. And this next one, Bailey described as amazing. You know, the earth just sitting there, you know, among all the huge stars in the huge universe. And this next one, Corey described as epic, the sunset on the beach. Um, I think that's a pretty good word. And this next one, Evie described this one as beautiful. I think it's the Grand Canyon. Um, so that's, that's a pretty good description of that. And this next one, the mountains. Keegan described this one as giant, just the giant mountains. And this one, the tornado tearing up everything in its path. Dawson described this one as dangerous. And this last one, Deacon described as scary. The thunderstorm and the lightning, and I think if I was in that, I'd be pretty scared too. But so, that's the creation that we see. The things that God has made for us. And He blessed us, blessed us with that. He gave it all to us. But so then I want to look at next, you know, what do we do with that creation? God blessed us with it, but what do we do? I think what we did, um, you know, I think we came to misuse it. And we came to fall in love with it. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter 19. Right here, the Israelites have just come to Mount Sinai. Just a little background information. And this is a little bit before where they're going to receive the Ten Commandments and everything. So, they just come to the mountain. And starting in verse 4, um, God, speaking through Moses, he says, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be in my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So basically what God is saying to his people, and he's saying, you know, I want you to be my people. I want you to serve me. I want you to obey me. And if you do this, you'll be my treasured people. And... 
then going on to verse 12, I'm just talking about the you know, the commandments God, begin, commandments God begins to set. It says, And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot, whether beast or man. So God gives this commandment that not even the animals can go touch this mountain. And then going on to verse 16, um, it says, On the morning of the third day there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. So kind of like those pictures, you know, there's the mountains and the lightning and the thunder. And then Moses brought all the people out of the camp to meet God. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. And now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. As the sound of the mountain and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. So they, they see this powerful God, and they see His majesty as He comes down with fire and lightning and the clouds and everything. And so the Israelites see all this. And right before that, you know, He tells them that He wants them. So they see that this powerful God, that He wants these people. And then, going on in chapter 20, it begins the Ten Commandments. And in verse 23 of chapter 20, God says, You shall not make gods of silver to be with me, nor shall you make yourself gods of gold. So God gives this command. It hadn't gotten to the people yet, but God told Moses this. And so what happens? I think we all kind of know. But it, go ahead and flip to chapter 32. And this is when Moses, he was up on the mountain for a long time. And so the people, they didn't know what to do. They lost their leader. And so Aaron says, you know, give me all your gold and we're going to make a calf. And verse 4 it says, He received the gold from their hand, fashioned it with a graving tool, and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And then Aaron saw it and built an altar before it. So, you know, God had just said, Don't build other gods with me. Don't build these gold or silver gods with me. And that's exactly what they did. He had just told them a little while before, You know, I brought you out of Egypt, and I want you to worship me. But so quickly they forgot. So, how do they do that? Um, it just makes me wonder, how do they so quickly lose sight of that? I think Romans 1, 18-25 gives us a good picture of that. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. You know, like the pictures we saw. People can see that. And verse 21, For although they, although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and the birds and animals and creeping things. And I think this is the biggest part right here. It says, Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. So what they began to do is they worship the things that God made. They worship the creation instead of God. And I think that's what mankind you know, started doing, beginning with Adam and Eve. They began to misuse that creation. That's what we've done. And so, 
You know, what, what happened after that? I think we began to separate ourselves from God. You know, God continued to punish Israel. After that act in chapter 32 of Exodus, um, you know, God, he's saying, you know, he wanted to wipe out the Israelites. You know, he was, he was so mad. But then Moses interceded for them and, you know, asked them not to do that. And God still punished them. You know, he sent the Levites on them and 3,000 people, I think, died that day. And he struck them with a plague too. So God punished them. But because Moses interceded there, he also relented of his anger. But so God continues and continues to do this. Um, you know, the people, we fall away, we stray away from God. But then he calls them back. You know, he may punish them, but he brings them back when he does that. And so if you have your Bible too, turn to Joshua chapter 24. I think this is one of the best illustrations of that. Now at this time, I think it's close to Joshua's death. And you know, they're making a covenant renewal in Shechem. And Joshua's talking to the people. God's talking to them through Joshua. And you know, he starts saying this stuff. You know, remember when I brought you out of Egypt. Remember the Exodus. He says, remember when I gave you the land of the Ammonites. I gave that to you. And he says, remember when Balaam tried to curse you, but I didn't let him curse you and I let him bless you instead. And remember when I gave you the land of Jericho. So God reminds them of all these things that he's done for them because he wants them so much to love him and follow him. And then in verses 19 through 22, um, it says, But Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. So he tells the people, you know, you can't, God is too holy. You can't fulfill all his commandments. And, you know, you're going to break the rules and God's going to, you know, he's going to forgive you, but he's going to do you harm first. He's going to punish you for that. And what he's saying is, you know, he's doing you that harm because he wants you back. And going on to verse 21, um, the people say to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen the Lord and to serve him. And so they make this commitment again that they're going to serve God. And you know, then what happens? We can kind of guess. You know, they fall away from him, you know, at least to the exiles and everything. And in Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 6 through 10, it's also another good description of you know, what happened. God's people you know, got cut off from him. As the Lord said to me in the days of King Josiah, Have you seen what she did, that faithless one Israel? How she went up on every high hill and under every green tree, and there played the whore. And I thought, after she has done this, she will return to me. But she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. She saw that for all the adulteries, that faithless one Israel, I had sent her away with a decree of divorce. And yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear. But she too took and went and played the horde, because she took whoredom lightly. She polluted the land, committing adultery with stone and tree. Yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah did not return to me with her whole heart, but in pretense, declares the Lord. And so we see here that you know, God's people have gotten so far away that you know, God kind of cut them off. It says he divorces people. He divorced Israel, you know, hoping they would come back to him, but they didn't. And so he had to do the same with Judah. And so if we stopped there in this story, you know, it seems hopeless for humanity. You know, they're gonna, we're going to keep falling away, and then maybe we'll come back to God for a little while. We're just going to keep falling away again because we can't, 
We couldn't be good enough for Him. We couldn't be as holy as He is. And so, um, you know, it starts to get good here. This is when God starts to bring us back. In Romans 5, I think we looked at this this morning. It says that, you know, even though we were sinners, even though we were ungodly and weak, Christ came to die for us. And John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And so that's exactly what God does. Um, you know, he sent prophet after prophet to try to get the message to his people. But eventually he came, and he, just, he sent his own son. You know, he sent him to actively pursue us, like a shepherd after his sheep. Luke 15, 1-7 says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more, more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. So like I said, God sends his son, the good shepherd down here, to pursue us like lost sheep. You know, we have to seek after him, but it's not just you know, one side of that. We're seeking him. He came to find us. He loves us so much and wanted us so much that he sent his only son for us. And so we're looking on, you know, why did he have to do this? Why did he even have to send a son? And so let's look back at that story in Exodus. And Hebrews chapter 12, um, you know, the writer's kind of looking back at that story, the story of Mount Sinai. Hebrews chapter 12. And we'll start in verse 18. It says, For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire, and darkness and gloom, and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and a voice whose words made the hearers beg, that no further messages be spoke to them. For they cannot endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. So, you know, like Joshua said, you know, we couldn't endure that the law of Sinai. We couldn't, you know, the specific commandments that, um, you know, a beast can't touch the mountain. He says, you know, we couldn't endure that. We're not holy enough, like God, to be like that. And so, going on in verse 22, it says, But you have come to Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering. So he's saying that, you know, you've come to Mount Zion now. It's an open invitation to you. Like in the story of the, um, the lost sheep, the angels are there waiting for us. They're waiting for us to come home. You know, even one person. And it's not, the, it's not Mount Sinai anymore. It's Mount Zion. The, you know, it's not the old law. It's the new covenant. It says, And to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So that's what God had to do. Maybe he cut his people off, but he made that new covenant um, by sending his son. You know, now Jesus is the mediator. Like Moses was the mediator in that last story at Sinai. Um, you know, Jesus is a mediator for us now. I like how these two stories connect. But, um, and then going on, in verse 25, it says, See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him, who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from earth. Who, who warns from heaven. 
And at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. And so, you know, like in Exodus, when they saw God's glory and God's majesty through you know, the lightning and the thunder and the mountains and the fire coming down, you know, we see, we see God's creation. We see that you know, the wonderful and amazing and epic and beautiful and giant, dangerous and scary creation. We can see that every day. And you know, even as we look at that, that creation that we've fallen in love with, even as we look at that, we can see that God loves us more than all that and that He wants us more than all that. And that even though we've sinned over and over again, that He still wants us. And you know, even as small as we may seem compared to all this creation, that He still wants us. And so that's, that's the message I want to bring tonight, that God wants us. And you know, we see that the world will be shaken, like it says in here. And you know, all things will pass away. But we, God's kingdom, we're going to stand. We'll still be here. We'll, we'll, we'll go to heaven with Him. But um, well, the whole world passes away. And so, well, what does that mean for us? If God wants us, what does that mean? Well, going on in verse 28, or verse 27. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. So let's be grateful to God for that, that He wants us, that He has kept bringing us back. And let's worship Him because of that. Um, you know, we may, there may be times in our lives where, you know, you may doubt that God wants you. Somebody in here may be at that point, but, you know, just look at your life. Um, I look at my life, the way I've grown up. I've grown up with a family that taught me to, taught me about the Bible, taught me to love God. And I grew up in a church that way too, you know, like here. And where I took Bible classes and learned about God. And, you know, I had friends that encouraged me growing up. And, um, you know, now I go to a Christian school where I take Bible classes every day to learn more about that. And now, you know, I'm here being encouraged by all of y'all every day this summer. And so, you know, if nothing else, if you can't find anything else in your life, you know, you're here. Somehow you got here and God wanted you to be able to hear this message. So just, just think about that. And when you look at that, you know, it can kind of change your perspective when... Sometimes I look at God as, you know, a God that just has a list of do's and don'ts. I have to follow the rules. Um, But when I look at God, you know, that He wants me. He doesn't just want me to do rules just for fun, but He wants me to because He loves me and He wants to save all of us from His wrath. And He wants us. And when I think that, think about that, that He wants me to serve Him, that He loves me, you know, it makes me want to serve Him more. And you know, thinking that God wants to use me specifically and you specifically, it can give us you know confidence and assurance that you know God made us all for a reason. He has a purpose for us. And lastly, just looking at that, you know, we need to share this message, share it with others. Um, we have this amazing message that can save us, save us from that wrath of God. Um, we we can't just keep it to ourselves, and you know sometimes it's hard to do. I struggle with that, spreading it, but it's something we need to be able to do because. You know, it's a good message. It's the gospel. It's the good news. And so, with that in mind, if you have, you know, anything in your life, if you, you know, if you've forgotten how much God wants you, if you've strayed away from Him in any way, or if, you know, maybe it could be the first time you've heard this message. I don't know. Or maybe you've just never taken the step to, you know, become baptized and become a part of this kingdom and start living for God. If you have any of those needs, just come now as we stand and sing.
sunshine of love wilt thou roam father and father away calling today calling today Jesus is calling is tenderly calling today Jesus is calling the weary to rest, calling today, calling today. Bring him thy burden and thou shalt be blessed. He will not turn thee away, calling today, calling today. Is calling, is tenderly calling today. Jesus is pleading, oh, listen to his voice. Hear him today, hear him today. They who believe in his name shall rejoice. Quickly arise and away. Calling today, calling today, Jesus is calling, is tenderly calling today. Any other word or announcement needs to be made this time? If not, let's turn to number 406. We're saying the first verse of it. And if there's anybody here that hadn't had the chance to uh, hadn't had a chance to partake of the Lord's Supper, it's been left and prepared over here in, in my right and your left. You can ease that away now. And uh, we'll sing the first verse of number four oh six and then we'll then we'll have a prayer and be dismissed. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus keeps me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk, dear Lord, close to Thee. Just a closer walk with Thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the stage you led us as Christians to come to learn this message. Lord, please be with us as we go out there this week and help us to apply what we have learned tonight and to show others that we are Christians. Lord, let us be your shining light and to one day be with you in heaven. Christ's name we pray. Amen.